welcome back to Theory 4 Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Matt, this is not a game. Yeah, we were all just dead air. <laughs> Yellow Flicker Beats. <laughs> Kanye Remix. Yeah. So, guys, uh, it was a rework. It is not a remix. Oh, sorry. It's Con- a Conway Rework. rework. He's been, I wish they had worked. He's been rework, 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 working on his shit. <laughs> so, uh, uh, guys, we're, we're the Mockingjay, Mockingjay soundtrack, part one. Mockingjay, part the one. Hunger Games colon Mockingjay comma part one. Original the soundtrack, original motion picture soundtrack, curated by uh, by Lord, who every single review of this album uh, made the observation that like, hey, Lord's kind of like Katniss Everdeen because she's the most famous teenager in the world who kind of came up from obscurity. I mean, not if you read BuzzFeed, but uh, you know, and and uh, and so made the point that like this is you know this this Hunger Games movie franchise is serious money. This is not you know kid stuff. This is not messing around. And uh, to, for Lord to have her curatorial uh, finger on the button, right? Like, is a big deal for you yeah. know a project yeah. a project of this size, especially since. 12 months ago, no one had ever heard of her. Well, let's say 18 months ago, no one had ever heard of her, right? Right, and 12 months ago, um, she was on the soundtrack, right? Uh, 12 12 months ago, she was on the soundtrack for Catching Fire, um, doing uh, the, what was it? I believe it was a Tears for Fears cover. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, everybody wants wants to rule the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so... Uh, and and also, you know, doing a song um, off of uh, Pure Heroin um, was a glory and gore, which was kind of has a um, gladiatorial and and Hunger Games uh, imagery, but kind of from kind of being right at the time of uh, unknown at the time of the first movie uh, and the first movie soundtrack at uh, in 2012 to being um, one song among many, uh, uh, you know, uh, at, at number two and kind of, you know, but being kind of a get uh, because this was, you know, a year ago, the uh, Catching Fire was out um, about a year ago at this time. So we were, um, you know, uh, we had a, we had our new queen bee. Um, you know, everyone was already like uh, Grey, Grey Goose, uh, etc. Um, and and, uh, and then now a year later, um, Lord is curating this. And 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 this is you know for at least in the things that I follow on Twitter and the uh, websites that I frequent, it, it, in the run up to this album being released. A day wouldn't pass without another song um, being leaked or um, or previewed uh, from this, uh, and it w- and and I think what caught my eye, in addition to you know new Lord song, new Lord song reworked by Kanye, um, new uh, or or new song curated by Lord was is the combinations right um, generally um, of of. Uh, Belgian artist Strome featuring Lord and Pusha from the clips and Q-Tip and Hyam. Um and and you know it starts to sound like uh, or, or uh, the Chemical Brothers featuring Miguel um, or uh, Major Laser featuring Ariana Grande right that it starts to really feel like a almost a elaborate joke that we would um, that we would pull uh, like on uh, on a TFT episode <laughs> and, and and if we were brainstorming uh, like the I, the most 
most TFT album possible. Um, right. Charlie XCX, uh, XCX uh, featuring Simon Lebon from Duran Duran. Right. Uh, and, and so it's, it almost feels uh, too good to be true. Um, but, uh, you know, it was uh, released uh, last week um, and we, you know, we, we didn't cover it last week. Uh, you know, because there was only one direction in which we could go last week, <laughs> but now we have gone the other direction. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I think this is interesting, right? Um, in some ways we started this semester or rather this quarter of, of TFT, um, kind of, you know, with a, a retro, uh, retrospective on, on Lord and pure heroin and kind of looking at, um, Lord in the context of the top 10, um, of, of about a month ago. Um, and I think that this, I think that, I mean, I think there are interesting questions about the ways in which Lord is or is not like Katniss Everdeen. But I think the the similarities and differences and the relationship between the soundtrack and the film and individual songs in the film, um, I I think there are interesting resonances and overlaps and ambiguities. But I don't think there it's it's not as obvious, of course, as a one to one relationship. And I, I think there's a lot to talk about here, both in individual songs uh, and on this uh, as as an album. Um, so if you haven't uh, heard it yet. If you haven't heard um, the full um, the Hunger Games colon Mockingjay comma part one hyphen uh, original or is it a hyphen or an M dash? Yeah, um, right. M dash, M dash <laughs> original picture uh, motion picture soundtrack. Um, go go listen to it uh, once or if you're anything like me um, many times um, uh, and I did it many times not because it is my obligation as podcaster but because some of these songs really uh, warmed their way into my head uh, and it's really been the thing I've really been wanting to listen to uh, since it came out a week ago go listen to them uh, and then meet us back here uh, after this word from our sponsors Ryan I'm naked from the waist up I have nothing to cover my nakedness with well, Matt, I can't give you any service without without any shirt on. Just put something on. But, but, anything, but, but, anything but Ryan, will do. Well, I, hey, do I'm you like nude. indie? Do you do you like indie music? Yeah, I like, like indie, indie music, music. But 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 uh, I can't buy Just any name a band. Of... Name a band that you like. I have a lot of band shirts. I have an Arcade Fire. No, shirt. No, no, no. I don't I want an Arcade Fire shirt. shirt. They they were hip a while ago. I like the Arctic Monkeys when they were an indie band. You know, it's I'm I'm not going to buy any indie band shirts. They go out of style so quickly. Well, Matt, then I have the T-shirt for you. The, uh, the TFT shirt, indie generic indie band T-shirt. <laughs> why? That's why? the T-shirt that I have for you. <laughs> That's incredible. Tell me more about this generic indie band T-shirt. For example, what does it say on the front? Well, it says the only two words that anyone is really looking for when you're wearing a band T-shirt. It says indie band, but what? then in the fine print, it's. It, it, signals that it is a limited ultra limited edition uh first edition tft t-shirt release from december 2014 only 50 of these are going to get made so act now or you will be shirtless forever (laughs) only 50 of these are going to get made so me and other fans of the tft podcast can visit the link in the show notes to buy the generic indie band t-shirt but if we are not in the first 50 we will be shut out forever and never ever ever be able to wear the first edition tft shirt uh limited edition run one of 50 that is exactly correct. If you do not go right now to teespring.com slash uh, forward slash indie band, um, you, you may not get this shirt. So act now. 
Uh, act now. Uh, and uh, the first 50 to uh, pre-order the shirt, get the shirt. <laughs> and anyone else who pre-orders the shirt doesn't get the shirt. All right. I well, think, it ends. I think it we're, ends. I think it we're ends back. that time. Yeah, I think we're back. We're back. But, Are we uh, back? We bled. <laughs> a little bit, but let's bleed, let's bleed into it's a this. Lot, it's, a, it's a lot harder when it's a real product. <laughs> God, I, I see why hey guys, they pay people. Hey guys, no, it's not a bit. That wasn't a bit. We actually have a T-shirt that we're selling. <laughs> unlike, unlike heroin or tours to Sweden, right? Or um, you know everything else that we've fake advertised. That was a real advertisement. Yeah, we have. We're making a shirt. It's the first in what we hope will be a uh, uh, like a long run of limited edition T-shirts, high quality T-shirts. These are from American Apparel, as you would expect from Ryan and me, uh, and they say indie band. On, on the front, you know, and it's the perfect gift for someone who, who is always liking bands before they were cool. Or if you're like that, it's the perfect gift for you, you know? Yep. And, yeah. and, and then there is actually some, uh, there is actually some fine print that, that gives the name of the edition and the, uh, the number of the edition except... <laughs> You can't you can't print fifty different shirts. You have to give them one design that they print. They, so, well, they're all one. They're 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 not number one of fifty. They're just one of fifty. They are one. I mean, like you can't wear. I mean, unless you wear two or three t-shirts at the same time, you only ever wear one t-shirt. So it is one t-shirt of the fifty t-shirts that are going to be made. <laughs> they're but, all they're all number one. Listen, are you guys our listeners? You are all number one to us <laughs> of fifty. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, fifty might be. There, there might are be way more. Wonders. There are way more than fifty listeners. I see the download statistics. Uh, so really, only a fraction of if you're only a fraction of the people um, listening to the, me speak these words um, can wear this T-shirt. Uh, so act now. Yep. So uh, yeah, we'll put a link in. We'll put a link in the show notes, and it will uh, it will support TFT and and support overthinking it. And uh, we, we this is our first one. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to be in on the ground floor with this, if you are a completist, uh, <laughs> and let me put it this way. If you think that Ryan and I are ever capable of producing something cool, you want to buy this shirt so that you can have the complete run of things uh, so that when, when, we, uh, when we do produce something of ultimate coolness, right, you, uh, you will have uh, the complete set. And, and this is like our, were, this is like our demo. This yeah. is like the demo that you can say that you had before we, we totally sold out. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And what is that? That's, that's when we're doing these on Hanes Beefy Teas or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fruit of the Loom or something like that. And Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're right screen, screen, printed in, uh, screen printed in a third world country somewhere. Um, no, this is uh, – yeah, this is great. And um, yeah, so, so yeah, that, that, sorry, no need to belabor, to belabor the ad. But, but, but I'm excited about this. I mean this is, this is a very interesting thing and, and is I think the start of uh, a push into merchandise that, that I think will ultimately go a lot beyond just, uh, just T-shirts. But um, it's, a good place, uh, it's a good place to start. Well, and I think it's it's I think it, it, it intimately relates to the substance of the podcast. Yep. Um, in that uh, there's a lot, uh, you know, we touch on fashion, on on streetwear, on urban life, uh, on concepts pithily presented, uh, and 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 kind of humorously but seriously presented. Um, and so that in some ways these are also you know in the format that we adopt as. Um, 
you know, as, as of this being a, a seminar, a university seminar, in some ways, these are course materials, <laughs> um, right. or, or this is, this is, uh, this is, this is the academic regalia for, uh-huh. uh, for TFT. So right. I think we, our next t-shirt should have a hood, should have a doctoral <laughs> hood attached to it. <laughs> yeah. And the weird sleeves, the weird hanging uh-huh. down sleeves, and you can pick the color based on uh-huh. your, based on your discipline. I mean, music is pink, which is, uh, uh, also, also the color of tft actually right. yeah not 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 bad it all comes together um hey yeah, this is well, but at the uh, at the tft commencement you have to be wearing your indie band t-shirt so if you ever want to come to that if you ever hope to earn your tft degree uh your cert or your like you know mooc certification uh you have to that's massively online or whatever online course uh certification um you you gotta you gotta get it you just gotta yep. get it and so actually just to segue here um i just want to jump i just want to hit things off with a with a question there's a lot of places to start yep. but i you know in some ways since we're trying to put this on many people's um uh torsos uh i'll, I'll ask you a question sure is Katniss Everdeen an indie band? <laughs> um, I, you know, we talked about uh, the movie Mockingjay on yes. um, on the Overthinking podcast, and we we had, I think, what was a really good uh, and really sort of wide ranging discussion about the movie and about the art of the movie because the the movie. Oh, by the way, Katniss kills coin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because yep. that was the first thing I listened to the episode and you're like we're not going to spoil that and I'm like well I know what I'm going to do <laughs> the first moment I can uh, on this on this podcast so on the TFT podcast Jennifer Lawrence puts an arrow right through Julianne Moore but only after her sister dies right <laughs> um, her so- sister Omar <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's all in the game, yo. So I, I thought that this movie, that the movie was doing something interesting, which was that it was, it was showing by not being in her head as much. They call it, I mean, they said it was in her head. Uh, the movie, that is to say, Mark and Pete, uh, said that the movie was kind of closer to Katniss's consciousness than, than a lot of the uh, earlier films had been in the series. Um, the first film should just be, should just be disregarded. I mean, it was kind of an embarrassment. Uh, the second one was, was a little better, but also kind of a placeholder because not, a, not a ton. I don't know, not a ton happens in the mythology because you're, you're just sort of waiting for this, which is the sort of the final battle. And it's going and you're going to wait another movie, by the way, because they didn't like they don't put storming the Capitol in um, into uh, into part one. But it, it struck me that the, the movie was was by putting us both inside Katniss and also outside. And I talked a little bit about this dual perspective about kind of being inside the spectacle and outside as an observer uh, as well. The fascist spectacle of mm-hmm. the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of of District 13. Um, you you, uh, you get a very interesting you get a very interesting kind of double lens perspective and that happens I thought with Katniss as well because sometimes we're in rooms that she's not in uh, which never happens in the books and and you get to, you see how she's being manipulated as well mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, as well as 
you know, as well as how she is authentic, right? So, so, you're, I, so I you're saying that Philip Seymour Hoffman is her label A and R, right? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying, and is selling her to to uh, Julianne Moore, the the label president, right? The, right. So Katniss Everdeen sells out, basically. Well, you can't. I mean, does she sell out, or is she just in a game that's rigged? You know, she can't uh, she can't not sell out, right? Like it's a structure versus agency question, right? Like within the scope of Katniss's agency, she doesn't sell out, you know? She, her reactions to seeing the destruction in District 8 is real, you know? Her is authentic, right? Her um, wish to, and, and her doing stupid things that, you know, like that are the eye-rolling action movie moments where, you know, where the hero does something that's so clearly not in the interest of anybody um, that you just sort of wonder what the hell they're, what the hell they're thinking, uh, like saving the cat. Um, you know, she's not, and, and by the way, she's, <laughs> she's completely ineffectual in saving the cat, right? Her role in saving the cat is run some distance up the stairs, run some distance back down the stairs because the cat was saved, you know, and Gail was bringing Primrose down, uh, down anyway. Um, you know, within the scope of her own agency, she doesn't sell out, but within the scope of a larger framework that looks at, uh, her place in, in the world, uh, she was already, she was, um, always already sold out. I mean, there's a good, there's the dichotomy. She doesn't sell out, but she is sold out, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, by the system that, that Uh she is Uh part of, you know? And so, and I guess, um, in terms of like that thematic way in which kind of, um, some of the, the, uh, the thematic elements of the, um, movie, uh, I guess, so I guess my question is, um, do those thematic elements of the movie kind of surface in the album? Like, what is the relationship between the soundtrack album um, and and the film, either thematically or sonically or aesthetically or or in any other way? Well, right. I mean, do these? I I wasn't aware, and I was listening for them of these songs really popping up in the no. movie. Yeah, no, not so other I, than re- basically. I think the first, the only appearance is. Um, is is yellow flicker beat coming on right after the the hard cut uh, out on the kind of you know thrashing pita right yeah, exactly it's the it's the credit song right yeah so it's the credit song and and so it's it's in that way it's analogous to R Kelly's Gotham City uh, you know which is my favorite credit song ever uh, because. Right, because it's so clear why it's there, and it has almost nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> district uh, of Justice, District District of Love, <laughs> yeah, District of Peace for every one of us. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, so that's the um, you know that's the the only one. So like calling it a soundtrack, uh, an original motion picture soundtrack, right? It doesn't seem yeah. It doesn't it doesn't seem right. I mean, I'm used to these kind of records being called like songs, you know, inspired by the motion picture yeah. or something something yeah, like yeah. that, right? So like, what do do the themes of the Hunger Games show up thematically in the individual songs? Y- yeah, absolutely, right. But and and I think we'll get into that. But I'm I'm interested in asking the question like, what is this artifact, right? Yes. And yes. what what is the it's it is curated. There is a curator, so there is like an organized consciousness at, at least like there is an organizing consciousness that is marketed to be behind behind mm-hmm. this effort uh right 
um, and uh, you know exactly how uh, Lord's curatorial duties were operationalized is is you know one of those inside the machine things that we'll we'll never know uh, because we can't be inside the spectacle. We uh, we can only witness the spectacle from you know uh, from this side of the Spotify playlist. But um, but uh, there there was an organizing consciousness. But like what the relationship of this is to the film is is sort of obscure to me. This actually seems like more like a 2014 sampler of Moby Electropop, right? And and it would be relevant without the movie. You know, it would be just as relevant and I think just as interesting um, without the film. You know what I mean? I mean that's interesting. So that is a, in a way though the film I believe allows the it's a it's it's a mixtape of opportunity. Yeah. Right? That that you know Lord wants to make a mixtape. Uh and to get her friends together. Um I guess and I think there's one interesting question of is, is this artifact a mixtape? And there are there are elements in which it is a, a mixtape. Sure. Uh and like the mixtape um that Neil Young made for us um oh so many months ago uh with his his a letter home. Um and 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 that you know that this in some ways the movie Mockingjay uh, and Lord's previous uh, um, association with the franchise just creates the opportunity to do this. And so I think that's one. Um, I think that's one way to think of it. I mean, when you were describing it as as kind of the mopey electro pop of the year of the kind of last calendar year or maybe academic year, um, it also it seems to be another way to describe it is. Um, pop in the time of Mockingjay, uh-huh. um, if that means, and and it's not that it's not in the time of 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 you know the the diegetic time of Mockingjay, right? In the time of Mockingjay, they're still singing the like Appalachian folk ballads, um, right? The only other song, the only other kind of song that's recognizable as a song with lyrics and a pop song, in or not you know a pop ish song non uh, a non orchestral song um in the the whole soundtrack is the hanging tree song uh that Katniss sings when they're back in district 12 um, right, that which sounds a lot more oh, sorry go ahead a, a um, lot more appalachian say, appalachian folk music right like yes and it sounds a lot more like the soundtrack um the folk rock soundtrack uh, to um, the first Hunger Games film, sure. uh, which is actually called uh, Songs from District 12 and Beyond. Yeah. Uh, and features the Arcade Fire, Nico Case, the Decemberists, uh, Miranda Lambert, Taylor Swift in, in country mode rather than uh, than pop mode. Uh, she had not yet the undocumented Taylor Swift. Right. Uh, <laughs> an undocumented immigrant in the land of pop. Right. Um, and so I think that, um, yeah, so that, but that it's, so it's pop in the time of Mockingjay in that I think one thing that it possibly does is that even though these songs are not in the film, that it, it curates the elements in the, the, the pop palette uh, of, of the past year that overlap with sensibilities uh, and aesthetics elements and themes in the film. Sure. Right. And so it's like, we are in, 
you know, if we are in a Mockingjay time, if this is a film of our time. And this is an album of our time, then then the themes must overlap somehow, right? They must right. they must sort of have something to do uh, with one another. But that makes it sound like you, you kind of don't need a, a, a curator to do that, right? You need kind of a random sampling, you know, to do, well, to do that. Yeah. And then maybe then the then another thing that um, it could be is that this is propaganda, right? If the film is about propaganda and the construction of of propagandas and of a of a vanguard, right, of the, of the manipulation of media uh, to to rally people to do something, um, well, even if it is just stream this album on Spotify over and over again, or to go to the film or to talk about the film, to podcast about it. Um, that we are we are engaging in uh, in costly collective action on behalf of um, of of a, br- a brown haired teenager, right? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and so, I mean, if there is a Katniss Everdeenness to this album, maybe it is in that you know, Lord Lord is the Mockingjay um, for for this whatever actually um, you know District Thirteen uh, Records District Thirteen record label um, uh, is actually putting this together right so there's a a deep subterranean uh, record industry uh, that uh, that wants to get this message out there but that it needs um, it needs Lord's legitimacy and Lord has that legitimacy and also exercises that I think effectively yeah. Uh, so um yeah so there's a ways in which this is a document which is a propaganda which is a mixtape I think there's also I think one last thing that this is is that it feels in many ways like a party or a um like a jam session um because I was mentioning this in the intro that there are so many collaborations, um, uh, collaborations and covers uh, and and unusual pairings, and like Lord just shows up here and there on the album, uh, even on songs that she's not really top billing on, like specifically the Miguel, the Miguel um, and Chemical Brothers song, uh, where she comes in with the "There it is," uh, and so so there's a lot of you know feeling like you're at some type of a. I don't know. Like I, I imagined a, a country in in the in the at a, like a crossroads in where like you know everybody is just kind of electro jamming, uh-huh. right? And, uh, and yeah, it's a laptop party, right? Like everyone brings yeah. you know everyone brings their laptop and those like twenty four key controllers where you can just you know tap out a melody line or something like that. Right, exactly, exactly. But it feels that way because there's a, a, a fair amount of, even though a lot of the songs are stylistically distinct and, you know, um, sounds like uh, songs, especially like the Church's song, really sounds like it could be off of their debut, debut and actually sure. is as strong as anything on that debut. Um, I think the um, Bat for Lashes song, which I think is a Sun Lux cover, um, also kind of sounds like a very Bat for Lashes song. Um, that a ladder a ladder song is a bright eyes cover, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm sorry, I, was, I was talking about playing the escape by Bat for Lashes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so right. There's that one, and then there's there's more covers, right? Like, and this the right. the, the the covers make it make it sound like, hey, we're singing songs we like. You know, we're all exactly. just sitting around together, and like, you know, uh, you you beat on the trash can, you know, and you play mm-hmm. the drums, and like, we're we're just going to sing some songs we like. 
So and then there is so there is a folk element to that or a folksiness to that, but it is still like electro folk, um, in in a way. Yeah. Uh, and and that and this kind of j- electro folk jamboree is, I think, another thing <laughs> that uh, that this is, uh, in that it's it is this kind of party of collaborators and kind of. Um, uh, and almost a mashup of unexpected or interesting collaborators. Well, that's I mean, because this is this is actually the state of of pop music, right? Like, right, and right. At, at the really at the moment, and and even a couple years ago when the first one came out, that like that folksy sound, that like uh, folk rock, you know, Nico Case kind of like uh, stuff that was over, right? Um, right. Right, because it right. wasn't like it wasn't like those sound songs sounded like the Voyager, you know, uh, which which to me like represents the evolution of that song into a into a kind of a contemporary listening landscape. Um, right. But it's not just you know, uh, yeah, you know, because because like I feel like after the folk, the kind of indie folk rock, we had like indie baroque pop. Or right. maybe that you know, and and that was uh, that was sort of passed over. That was sort of passed over entirely. I don't know. Oh, but right? there was there was also the pop folk indie, right? The the your Mumfords and your Lumineers, right? Sure. Um, and the and I think that the um, I mean the 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 hung, the Catching Fire soundtrack is interesting because it it strat has one foot in each of these, right? That there are. Um, there are Lumineers songs uh, on there, but there are also Ellie Goulding songs uh, and and uh, and and what uh, songs by like The Weeknd. So th- there's a little bit of you know it's it's kind of in this netherworld between um, the electro pop and the electro folk, right? Yeah. And 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 we've landed now entirely right in in new synths, right? That that the you know we we basically have. Um, We've 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 transformed in a way, uh, and uh, and and the kind of aesthetic has kind of landed in a very in a different place from uh, from the first uh, the first record the so first soundtrack. Is, I mean, so this is interesting. This is very interesting in relation to the movie because I'd propose that the movie sets up a pretty stark dichotomy. There's nothing. I mean, in you know post apocalyptic America, right there. There's nothing like um, professional entertainment. You know, mm-hmm. and actually, professional entertainment is either like bread and circus. Circuses, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's propagandistic. It's um, uh, and or it's it's kind of way too indulgent, or else you're right. It's for the capital, and they uh, it's for the capital, and it's it's like an opiate of the masses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this is set up very starkly against like the folk songs, and the the book gets yeah. more into it. Is like her yeah. dad sang her this song. To me, it was a little like I wanted a slightly more Celtic sounding. Uh, you know, I want a slightly more Celtic sounding traditional American folk song rather than the kind of bluesy sounding traditional American folk song. There aren't enough black people like in important positions in this movie <laughs> to really, you know, to really earn the kind of bluesiness of that, uh, to really earn the kind of African American music heritage of, of the way that song, uh, sort of actually. I mean, Kenneth, Kenneth has. Kenneth had one black friend, <laughs> right? Exactly, and and she, uh, yeah, and I guess she has like a, a black military commander as well, right? Um, right, and, and and fashion designer. Oh, good she, point. She has a lot of black friends. 
Some of Katniss's best, best, uh, you know, revolutionary comrades are black. So the, the, um, you know, uh, but that, that, I mean, regardless, that's a rat hole, like, but regardless of the, the particular lineage of, of the song that ended up on the screen, um, uh, it's it's clear that there's a dichotomy between like actual folk music in that it's like music who are sung by folks, you know, without right. without uh, instruments, uh, and it's passed on in an oral tradition. And there, it seems like there, you know, there's a kind of like social justice component to the lyrics of the song, right? So it's it's kind of socially aware and that like um and that when she sings it right you know smash cut to the the marching you know revolutionaries mm-hmm. uh you know coming out of the coming out of the dark mist the swirling mist right going to uh uh going to like, bomb the dam yes right? suicide bomb the dam or not suicide though i how it could be a not suicide bomb like you can't un- outrun that water uh but, well, yeah, but the bomb is not doing. It's a, it's a suicide mission, right? But sure. The bomb may not be a suicide. Well, okay, bomb. fair, fair enough. The, the but, bomb is a damn bomb, right? But it's a suicide dam. But but I but again another rat hole that I'm taking us down. But it's like no, no, it's, this is the rest of the rest of this episode is about the the uh, ontology of suicide bombs and dams. Yeah. Um. They did. No, never mind. Uh, they. Um, Right, so that the whole uh, the whole thing of like the origin, the kind of apocryphal origin of folk song in collective work and in sort of solidarity, right? Uh, and and the use of song as a kind of uh, to coordinate and to signal um, yeah. and stuff like that, like really well, sure, so, the mocking the Mockingjay song itself, right? right? Um, the, is a big part of that, right? So the idea, well, right, and that this actually came that the Mockingjay song, da 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 da, which by the way is I can't hear it without thinking of Nina Rota's uh, love theme from Romeo and Juliet from the Zeffirelli mm. Romeo and Juliet, mm. which is you know a rose will bloom. It then will fade. So does a youth. So does a maid. Da ba da 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 da. Anyway, it's the same. It's the same little four note motif. Bum 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 bum. Uh, it sounds like the Westminster Quarters. Also, the the um that also has is like given a backstory in the films and in the book where it's like the the agricultural workers would signal right. by whistling right. Right. Uh, this this sort of thing to themselves. And so the the um there is this stark dichotomy between like the whatever music was at the uh was at the um vomitorium party uh in the capital in the second movie where where Katniss meets Philip Seymour Hoffman for the first time and sees the mockingjay symbol on his watch and um uh and you know whatever music is going on in the back of that right uh that is the decadent music right and that's the opiate of the masses music and that's the bread and circuses music uh versus the wholesome authentic um you know music of of Katniss and the uh the kind of Appalachian folk tradition uh the um you know the all that given the stark dichotomy the the movie sets up all the music in on this record sounds like capital music right doesn't sound like doesn't sound like you know wholesome authentic american folk music uh you know with tradition and uh, you know, and a dearth of black people. 
or is it or is it or is it district 13 music huh. um and and i say this because i'm i think a little bit i'm thinking about i'm looking at um it, it's not the official album i think i'm looking at actually a um like a teaser poster for the film um but i'm, I'm looking at the um tagline fire burns uh, brighter in the darkness and i think there's a few different meanings there and one is is you know kind of the dark times that we are in in the arc of the of the series. But I think there also is um, a lot of this film is about being underground and being in this um, in this tunnel uh, and in this kind of inverted panopticon um, that is what um, uh, what District Thirteen feels like uh, to me. And I think that there are ways, even though um, District Thirteen is very austere uh and and you you kind of talk about the conformity um and the you know very clear fascist uh symbolism and kind of the minimalism uh the lack of pets uh and and the kind of very very basic uh food um that is done to survive in those circumstances the unif- the uniformity the arrangement of people in rank and file the kind of the the spectacle of the large crowd gathering right like all all yeah. that stuff all that like all that sort of lineage Reifenstahl stuff, you know? Right, but even in addition to that, I think that you know, what is interesting is that there are ways, and I joked about this earlier, but there are ways in which um, District 13 is like a record label, right? That they have media there's two things. There's a tremendously technologically advanced army uh, and military apparatus, and um, relative and technologically advanced uh, and artistically advanced um, film production uh, uh, apparatus that is kind of takes and hacks and bends capital technology and capital media production skills to um, alternative purposes, right? And so I think that that, that is the way in which, because this is definitely a pop album. Um, you know, the, again, it's, it's uh, and it has several people on it, um, you know, namely Lord, uh, namely Lord, uh, Charlie XCX, Tuvelu, um, uh, Ariana Grande, uh, who have all spent some time in the Billboard Top 10. Uh, Diplo, who is kind of the producer behind Major Laser, uh, has had major success with uh, with MIA, uh, with some of his own uh, uh, Major Laser songs. Uh, Tinashe spent some time in the Top 20, if not in the Top 10, um, over the summer. So that there, this is definitely pop, but it is... You know, Megan Trainer is not on this. Uh, District Thirteen is not all about that base, right? Um, and, uh, and and there is there's there's a, there is trouble as well. There is trouble here. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's that Lord. She's trouble. Um, yeah, it's not all about that base. And like like uh, Megan Trainer is is about kind of looking back musically, and I think in terms of the ethics that are put forward in her songs, that like to a to a simpler time. Um, you know, and, and this, this music is about, is, is sort of about looking forward, right? Like the, the, the old values have been bombed. All the guitars were, you know, uh, burned on a pyre, right? (laughs) Like they they confiscated our guitars and made a bonfire out of them. And so we have nothing but these laptops left to make music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, no, exactly. Exactly. Like BT, BT has produced one of these tracks, right? right? (laughs) And it's sort of like uh um you know uh 
it's it's forward looking in in that way and and uh, even in kind of some of the weariness right that that attends a lot of this kind of downcast electro pop is is i think what one of the the uh um <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant BT, the uh the techno producer. Uh, but you meant BT, the the, uh, the character. The character in the Hunger Games. Are they the same person? Coincidence, you know, uh, left as an exercise to the listener. Um that like even the, even some of the downcast uh elements of of this pop music like belongs to you know belongs to a time where the kind of the overwhelming narrative you know whether this is historically accurate or not is is like we are in a time more broken than other times have been you know mm-hmm. we are in a time more dislocated than other times have been yeah. we are we're in a time when we are severed from tradition uh in a disorienting way uh that more disorienting than than any of our forebears right like uh you know we we face the specter of destruction we face the specter of you know uh the the israeli-palestinian conflict which you know pete was we didn't want to go into it on the overthinking it podcast because we uh but we're a lot less guarded on the tft podcast right like and i think let's just piss everybody off exactly (laughs) pete pete made the point that this shades into this shades into almost a uh you know two allegories allegorical for that um uh too allegorical a relation to that you know to that real world conflict but like you know we 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 live in a time of of terrorism right of of a kind mm-hmm. of foreboding you know uh and whether or not this is historically accurate right like hey you know during the cuban missile crisis they definitely lived with some existential dread you know um but uh, whether or not it's historically accurate, the narrative, the, the narrativization of this particular time, the stories this time tells itself about itself um, have to do with with dislocation. Right. With with the end mm-hmm. of uh, the end of history uh, at this point, with the end of hipster E uh, mm-hmm. to to, you know, borrow a TFT podcast title, um, the uh, you know, and and that that is what. You know that 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 is what these songs partake in. Uh, you know, two hundred one. So, uh, I mean, do any um, jump out as being particularly interesting in this regard? Where where's a good place to dive into? We, uh, specific are all just songs? dead air. You know, yeah. I love I love Traverches. I think they're so. And I'm going to say something controversial. You know. Uh, right. Did, you sent me a. You sent me a. Um, Chiverches. <laughs> it's hard to find Chiverches in Wikipedia. Um, you you sent me a um, a video of Lauren Mayberry singing something live. I forget what exactly it was, but Chiverches. Uh, it was uh, "Don't Stop Believing." Oh, okay. uh, it was it was uh, Fleetwood Mac's "Don't Stop Believing" with uh, Bleachers. And and oh right with Bleachers right and like not the greatest singer live in the world right. And I love churches. I think they're, I really like them, but it just, I don't know, just the vocal, uh, or don't stop. What was a Fleetwood Mac cover? Um, you can go your own way. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, I don't think it was oh, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. I yeah, think it was, you can go your you own can way. Go, you can go your own way. And the, uh, we'll try to put a, uh, link to that in the show notes or just embed the video. Um, but like this song is, this song is so good and their album is so good. And I like churches so much. I re- I have become a fan in this, these last, um, 
you know, these last, uh, these last things. But like, we are, you know, we are dead air, right? Uh, or lyrics like, we are, uh, we are disappearing, you know, um, that the, the idea there's a sort of like incorporeality or like a, a, uh, a sense of vulnerability, like the vulnerability of the flesh of the physical world. Right. Like, and when, when you realize this sort of destruction that can be wrought on people, um, you know, that, that like, actually like Kat, Katniss thinks she's in a Faraday cage of non-interference until she steps onto the pyramid of human skulls. Right. You know, in the film, like the literal pyramid of human skulls. Yeah. Uh, Right. Like that this is, you know, and and that there's there's a kind of weariness, but but a resignation. Right. Like like, you know, and and uh, that that goes along with this realization of how how vulnerable sort of life is and and how vulnerable the the people in the institutions that you love are um, that that like a certain and and it's interesting where you draw the line between what kind of things you resign yourself to and what kind of things you fight and and rebel against because it's a movie about rebellion right it's not mm-hmm. a movie about the status quo right it's not a movie about like living in occupied territories and you know dealing with the potential for like collaboration or something like that it's it's a movie about rising up about catching fire you know about the revolutionary right. fire um catching and and about not disappearing so like against that the the idea of this like we are all uh you know we are we are we are all just dead air um you know uh we are disappearing uh i will never believe what they say there's a strength in enduring they never speak for themselves we are disappearing right like this is about what a a a population who's being uh who's being eradicated or something like that um you know, uh, this is a call to this is a call to your arms uh, to take on mind over matter, replacing fist over fist. We are disappearing, right? This pulls in two directions, and is kind of lyrically interesting for that. Right uh, in the direction of resignation and in the direction of sort of uh, a call to arms. But I mean, a call to your arms is ambiguous. Is it a right. you know? Is it a call for comfort to, to wrap your arms around me to like you know provide some sort of solace in the face of this uh you know in the face of this eradication in the face of all these dislocations and and these losses um in the face of the the disappearance of of the people i love in a way of life that that um uh, i am committed to or uh, or, or is it Gail's arms shooting a crossbow? <laughs> right, exactly. You know? <laughs> Sorry, uh, no. <laughs> Once you started talking about arms, I really did start thinking about his uh, biceps. Yeah, sure, absolutely. That's uh, and, and how could you not, you know? How could you not? How could you not? Um, no, I think, that's, I, think, though, I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think that the... I, what do you make... I'm trying to think of... Uh, you were talking about the second verse about the call to your arms. Um, what... What is it called? Your arms to take on mind over matter. Uh-huh. Um, I, 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 I'm having trouble parsing that um, in light of uh, in light of how you're in light of how you're reading that. Um, I mean, what does it mean to be taking on? Taking on mind over matter, well, what like, it, I, I, right? Like, what does it mean to take on mind, right? Like, and, right. And for what it's worth, these are like genius. These are rap genius lyrics, so so they're user contributed and could be not could be not accurate. But this is <laughs> maybe it I'm, makes no sense because they maybe it makes no sense because they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, 
Yeah, I mean, does it mean sort of does it mean sort of rise above the the mean conditions of of life? Does it mean to cling on to principles in the face of oppression? Um, you know, replacing fist over fist, right? Like, I mean, is it like what is the you know what it's there's no punctuation in these in these lyrics on on this <laughs> right. site right like and that would be very helpful to like to you know interrogate the relationship of these ideas you know uh right you know this is a call to your arms to take on mind over matter replacing fist over fist we are disappearing like that's that's four ideas is it because we are disappearing we are disappearing, right? I am insisting that this is a call to your arms. Um, and what you have to do is to take on mind over matter. And what you have to do is replacing fist over fist. That is to say, like, I think that means like continue to climb, like put one yes. foot in, put yeah, one foot in yeah, front yeah. of the other one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because, because we are disappearing, you know, that is to say these lines are not all, there's, there's a kind of obscurity to this, but like these lines are not all equivalent as, you know, as contentions, you know, they, they don't all have like equivalent ontological statuses. Some, some of them are justifications. Some of them are, uh, are hortatory. Um, and some of them are like, uh, are contentions, you know? Yeah, no, I think that I think that that makes a lot of I think that makes a lot of sense. Um and I think yeah, I like that. I I like the interpretation of of fist over fist as climbing. Um and I feel like I mean then I mean it's interesting because there's a lot of what it, it it's interesting because you, you, if you go in really deep, it's like it's it's not that like to, to take on mind over matter, matter is an artful restatement of um, of ice cubes. You can do it. Put your back into it. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, instead of uh, facing but uh, replacing butt cheek over butt cheek, you are replacing fist over fist. <laughs> um, and the, 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 there is a sense in which this is a. Um, a jock jam, but it's a, a jock jam of existential angst. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, churches has that churches has that, like they have that gift for like really hooky, you know, like strong arrivals in the major key. Yeah. Um, like, and it's just so satisfying. Like oh, I respond I so well to it. Like when it, when like it's kind of building tension and then it resolves to the tonic and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. no, it's great. And just the textures the just the layers and layers of textures all the way down. Like there's a, a kind of a bassy synth hit, I think going right into the chorus that is just like bouncing off of the, um, you know, uh, of like some kind of an, uh, an elastic, like it's like bungee cording, um, or, or going off of like a wrestling ring rope, right? And it's just like elastic, um, and just and just catapults you back into the chorus, um, and and it's just really amazing um, songcraft and kind of uh, and construction yep. uh, that is is very cool. Um, and that's been one of the major earworms. You know, I think um, to, to segue, there's a few different ways to segue, and actually the way I want to segue um, is uh, is is actually related to um, a band that we invoked in our church's episode, and the title of our church. Episode, and namely the uh, Church of Chemical Brothers uh, of Latter Day Saints, and I want to talk yeah. about the Chemical Brothers track uh, with uh, uh, largely with Miguel on Lord lead vocals, um, because I think there's a lot of interesting things. Um, 
in this sonically. Um, so Miguel is a R&B singer, and he's kind of been in this space of kind of weird indie-leaning pop R&B. Um, and, uh, but the, in this song, he performs in a style that's closer to um, some of the R&B rap hybrids that are um, – in the popular space right now. Um, and these are like the kind of more popular artists are artists like uh, future and young thug. Uh, and then there's a current act uh, on the billboard, if not in the top 10 right now, maybe in the top 20 or so uh, called Ray, Ray Schmebbard, which is uh, ear drummers backwards. And it's these like 20 year old kids who have this kind of off key, shouty drony rap. Um, uh, and, and the song is called they're, they're uh, Ray Schmebbard. Shremmerd's, I think, best known song is called "No Flex Zone," uh, and and we, it should definitely go in the um, in the links to the show notes because it's uh, it's it's compelling and weird. And this is very similar. And that this is that these that there's a lot of. I think what's very compelling is that the Chemical Brothers create this kind of buzzsaw terrain, like a terrain that I feel like actually evokes a lot of the outside of. Um, uh, uh, outside of what I guess you know, uh, out, outside of District Thirteen, a Chemical Brothers uh, uh, track is is uh, is your best friend, uh, and in, inside uh, District Thirteen, there's not enough oxygen to have a right. rave. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, to paraphrase, uh, to paraphrase Gra- Groucho Marx, uh, but that this evokes the, the kind of. I feel like the jaggedness of some of the um, the battle landscapes uh, and and kind of um, some of the districts that that Katniss uh, visits and that we see shots of of kind of bombed out and and being bombed um, and uh, and then Miguel is kind of leaping from kind of crushed rock to crush you know to Im- from impact crater to impact crater uh and kind of jumping jumping and singing uh as he as he sees fit uh and kind of is you know delivering this and and i think this is you know one lyric that i think in the pitchfork review um mentions that it is a bit on the nose where i mean the lyric is this is not a game it's yeah. a revolution um and yet i find that it works very well <laughs> like uh this and, is not a hunger game yeah <laughs> this exactly. is hunger work <laughs> yeah exactly this is this is hunger work and they're they're, they're making that hunger money right. <laughs> um and uh yeah i don't know did you did did anything about this this song strike you it's very yeah no it's very interesting for the reasons i mean it's very interesting for the reasons that you say um i i was uh i was working a while <laughs> i was listening to this record so i didn't totally penetrate as deep into uh so i didn't totally penetrate as deep into the later tracks as i did into the uh, into the earlier tracks, but I'm really uh, grooving on what you're where you're going with it. Well, I think it's before we pivot all the way out of it. Then, um, I, I mean, any last thoughts on Yellow Flicker Beat and how it like does is because I think uh, Dead Air we we identified could have fit just well, very well on Bones of What You Believe. Sure, could Yellow Flicker Beat have fit on been at home on pure heroin no i don't think so and and here's why i think that pure heroin was was kind of about the experience of being a neophyte right was about mm-hmm. the experience mm-hmm. of was about the experience of kind of real life of like real teenage life sure um in a, in sure. a very unguarded way um and the the like and and you know lord has become a statue right this is you know uh, th- this is uh, what happened, you know, this is what celebrity does to, to somebody, right? Like, right. um, you know, uh, 
Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what that's what I think, right? Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Um, and so what what is I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so I think that um, and there is like almost already she goes from being a neophyte to being world weary instantly, right? <laughs> uh, with no with no middle ground. Uh, well, I mean, it's you know I don't know. You can sort of imagine like moving into. You can sort of imagine moving into, uh, or uh, sort of moving into the imaginative space of the, you know, of the record, right? Like, and this is a this is about a thing that Katniss doesn't really ever do because she only kind of stumbles her way into being an icon, right? She's not right. self conscious about being an icon. It's she's manipulated into being an icon, and this song is really about uh, uh, about like the experience of kind of knowing that you're. Um, you know, about sort of knowing that you're an icon. So Lord is President Coin. <laughs> Katniss Everdeen is going to kill Lord. <laughs> you heard it here first on the TFT podcast. Uh, breaking news. Uh, Katniss Everdeen will kill Lord, which makes sense because we actually, we also are the, uh, the ones who uh, identified that um, Lord is in fact not the Katniss Ever- Everdeen of pop music, but MIA is. Um, so I guess either MIA Ever- is plotting to kill Lord. Uh, at the next American Music Awards, or there we know. go. We are both an analysis uh, podcast and a uh, and a news forecasting podcast. Right, absolutely. Um, no, but there's a lot more here. Um, so um, jump in the conversation on the show notes uh, at overthinkingit.com uh, and uh, tell us about what songs uh, jumped out at you. Uh, we unfortunately didn't even really get to talk about uh, the Bright Eyes cover um, or uh, some of the other really cool songs, uh, the Charlie XCX track. Uh, but I. I, I I feel like there may be some more Charlie XCX in our future because she has um, her full length coming out later in this year. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these artists are in the long term, um, in the long term TFT verse. Uh, so um, hop in the show notes um, and let us know what you think about any of these tracks, how they relate to uh, the film, to the prior Hunger Games soundtracks, uh, to these artists' uh, full length albums. Um, if, if you have 140 characters worth of uh, of of commentary or feedback or uh, thoughts, um, hit us up at TFT uh, Podcast on Twitter. And if you have a medium length uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a, a, a interaction of indeterminate length, uh, go to uh, the, uh, check us out on Facebook, like our Facebook page, um, uh, uh, TFT Podcast. Uh, we we crossed that threshold of. Um, of 100 uh of 100 likes um oh. so let's keep going so i think a thousand is next oh, right God. yeah ryan i'm i'm so weary i'm a princess cut from marble well listen just like hang on for this yellow flicker beat and uh and we'll be uh you know buy our t-shirt teespring.com slash indie band uh and just like that t-shirt just like lord just like the chemical brothers uh wherever we land next week just know that it will be real <laughs>